0: Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. She'd rather ski than snowboard, Dr. Grace Lee. Hey what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Career Visionist. So today I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about confidence. And I don't know about you but when I was growing up I always thought that confidence was something that you were given. You just innately had it. You either had it or you don't. And I always felt that the people who had it were very deeply endowed and they were gifted and they were lucky to have it and they're easily identifiable. I mean, I remember growing up as an awkward girl, I always was very quick to identify the kids in my class who had a lot of confidence. They were the ones that spoke louder. They they were the ones that were more likely to bully someone else or to tease someone about something or to have a bad hair day and not and and be able to flaunt it. You know, I always felt that that was the definition of confidence. They were people who were just sure of themselves and they were they could say what's on their mind and and nobody would get they would not be able to be criticized by anyone else. And that was my definition of confidence. That was grade school, and then when I moved to university after after high school I moved to university my definition of confidence then was someone who knew what they wanted I felt that the those people who were confident were they had resources in their life they had provisions their parents or their family they had provided for them and as, as a result they knew what they wanted they were sure of their direction in life and they just were able to get it and I thought that those were people who were confident and as I grew older during my you know second degree my third degree during PhD that's when I realized that hmm, there's something a lot deeper to confidence that we don't talk about there's something about confidence that people don't consider and they don't recognize that confidence can be learned right confidence can be studied, confidence can be regained, lost and regained and lost again. Right. And so this really got me down this path of learning more about confidence. And this is like during my studies in neuroscience and understanding human behavior and the, why we do the things that we do. And I started to wonder what is confidence? And I came up with my own definition. And ready for it? Here it is. To me, confidence is the stuff that turns thoughts into actions. I'll say that again. Confidence is the stuff that turns thoughts into actions. Courage might be needed for the action to occur. And a strong will is needed to persist. Right? But confidence is the most important factor. Because it first turns our thoughts into judgments about what we are capable of. And then it transforms those judgments into actions. So... Confidence is all the things that turns our thoughts into actions because confidence is a belief in your success, which then stimulates action and you will create more confidence when you take that action and so on. So it keeps accumulating through hard work, success and failure. And that's really key. It's really important. You don't gain confidence through success only right? You, ha- you gain confidence through hard work, success, and failure. And that failure part is really important because people often avoid failure or they avoid situation where they feel that failure is more likely because they're afraid to lose something. They're afraid to lose confidence. They're afraid that if they fail, it looks bad. And they've been down that road before feeling like a failure, losing confidence, having self-doubt. So they don't want to go down that route again. But the thing is, failure is necessary to increase confidence. And the reason why is because failure creates actions, learned actions. You learn what didn't work. You improve on what worked. And that gives you more confidence that you can do it again, right? Because the way we respond to failure is something we can control. And confidence occurs when the self-perception that you aren't able is trumped by the reality of your achievements. It's linked to doing, So the only way to increase confidence is to take action, because one of the essential ingredients of confidence is action, and that belief that we can succeed at things or make them happen. It's not letting your doubts consume you. It is a willingness to go out of your comfort zone and do the hard things. It's about hard work and mastery and having the resilience and not giving up. And So all of this confidence, you know, is about the things that turn thoughts into action is belief in your success. But you know what? Confidence is just the memory. It's the memory of having faced challenges and overcoming them through your own efforts. And you do it frequently enough so that the awareness of having surmounted difficulties makes your brain anticipate that you will do it again. And the only way to gain confidence is to do, to take action. And then you observe your triumphs And you observe your failures. And then you change your behavior until the triumphs succeed the failures often enough so that the most logical prediction is success. Let me say that again. To gain confidence, you take action. Then you look at your triumphs, your successes. And you look at your failures. And then you change your behavior until your successes exceeds the failures. And they exceed it often enough. So that, most, so that your brain just predicts that you can do it again. Because you've done it once. Your successes have trump, trump, trumped your failures once, so you can do it again. So it's a memory. Once you've done it, you can do it again. And the only way to gain confidence is to do. right? And your memory is what confers individuality. This is the essence of what I've learned. And by each by developing a memory of doing science well, Right. Because I've done my there were there were times in my in my degrees where I felt like a failure, where my experiments didn't work out when I was doing lab research, it didn't work out. Right. So when I developed a memory of doing science well, of doing school well, developing that memory, whatever the irregular trajectory to the outcome, we can each find our own place in the distribution. So to me, the issues of confidence, when we worry about what other people think, it breaks down into three broad categories. The first one is how others see us. The second is how we see others. And the third is how we see ourselves. So to give you an example, during my years in academia, in in college and university, I was often invited to be on a panelist. And the panel, the overall panel, the purpose of the panel was to discuss careers in science. And sometimes it would be women in science, or sometimes it would just be careers beyond your PhD. What, what, what can you do with a degree in PhD? And I was always a panelist that represented women in science. And women in science, if you, if you if you aren't a woman, if, you, if, you're, if you're not in science, so I'll probably I'll fill you in on a little bit. Women in science is a really hot topic, and that's because it's very well known in academia that if you're a woman, and you're trying to land a faculty position, or you're trying to become a professor or a tenured track professor, that it is very rare, it is more difficult, and it there's a lot of discrepancies in pay and promotion. Right, So that's a really hot topic. So as a result of that, universities and degree programs, they offer scholarships and bursaries for women only, or there are... Organizations and associations that promote women in science, or there are support groups that help women to succeed in departments that are dominated by men. Right, so this is always a hot topic. And every time I notice a theme, every time I was invited on a panel, or every time I went to um, an undergraduate event, or an event where I was speaking or a keynote speaker in the topic of careers or education. Or navigating careers or anything like that, there was always a subject on women in science and how to navigate a male-dominated world. Right. So the topic of women in science is complicated because the focus varies so widely for different people. I mean, for some of them, the primary issue is how to even make a scientific career compatible with child rearing, right? And for others, it's how to get credit as an intellectual force or how to deal with direct sexual harassment or how to respond to the low ratio of female-to-male academic scientists, or even how to react to pay inequities. Like all these topics were, were topics to discuss, right? So as I mentioned, women in science was rare. And if you are a woman in science, a lot of conversations that happened around that area was the area of confidence, Right. And there was always a subject on how do you increase confidence as a woman? How do you project confidence? How do we stop worrying about what, people, what other people think? And so for, to me, the issues of confidence boil down to how others see us, how we see other people and how we see ourselves. Right? So let me illustrate this using my example of women in science. The first one is how other people see us. So this is about whether stereotypes dictate how we're treated and whether or not that deserves the attention that it's getting. And I do admit that throughout my course of being a female scientist, there were some bad things that happened to me and that correlated with me being female. But not all the things that have happened to me were as a result of me being female. I mean, there were many good things that have happened to me because I'm female And if I look at it, the facts of my career, only a small fraction of my experiences in academia and being a woman in science seem to be tightly linked to being female. So the evidence is that while I have met men who have overcome their own versions of the hurdles that I think of as having shaped my scientific experience, but I also find that the details of each person's trajectory are unique and everyone is navigating the constraints placed upon them by their physical selves, right? For example, whether it's their, their height, their weight, their looks, um, whether they speak with an accent or whatever, uh, while contending with the fundamental challenges of doing science. So while there are things that I've experienced in my scientific career that were negative because of me being female, at the same time, there were things good things that happen to me because of being a woman, a woman in science. But our confidence is affected because of the perception of how others see us, which is not entirely accurate. And so the second category is how we see other people. And our confidence is also shaped by how we see others. What I mean by that is oftentimes one thing that causes pain to many women in science is when we start to compare ourselves to the ideal so successful scientists, for example, like Einstein and Newton and Leonardo da Vinci, and we, become, we compare ourselves to that mental image of what a successful scientist looks like and what they ch- should conform to, it causes a lot of pain in ourselves. And with that comparison, it really takes a toll on our confidence. But here's what I found to be true. You have to think and do and train yourself and make use of your resources and derive inspiration from all kinds of people, male, female, self people who are like you or people who are not like you. Anyone who shows you a wise way of doing or being can be a role model. You do not have to be exactly like them. You don't even have to be or want to have exactly what they have, or you don't even have to want to be exactly like them. But almost no one is likely to attain complete coherence as a scientist or as a person. And we might be outstanding in some areas and still have to compensate for weakness in others. But no matter what, I mean, science and your career path is not about conforming to an ideal. It's not conforming to an ideal masculine or feminine or an ideal of what is the best performance out there. But instead, it relies on the diversity of perspectives that gives rise to insight. Right. So individuals do not derive identity from the group. The group is derived, defined by the identity of its components, individuals. Right? So the point is not whether you think like other people or whether you think like people who are successful and wanting to be like them. It's that one person, you, thinks like you do. Right? And that is how we see other people. And that measuring stick, asking yourself, what is my measuring stick? That is important. And finally, the last category is how we see ourselves. So using my example of women in science, my conversations with other women really gives me the impression that many women see themselves as limited by a stereotype defined by traits that hinder their success. Like for example, a lack of confidence and being nervous or not having a strong business acumen are stereotypes that are assigned to women. And many women find it distressing that they get nervous before a public performance or that they don't no, they don't have a strong business acumen compared to their male counterparts and then they'd read within their own reactions a critique of their worth but that's the thing though the things that we perceive to be our weaknesses are highly underrated when used properly it can spur you to prepare to think carefully to react to practice and ultimately to do a great job it's only when your nervousness or your lack of confidence becomes paralytic that's when it becomes problematic otherwise self-doubt it doesn't have to be perceived as a handicap in fact it's central to the progress of your career success because the best work is not achieved through complacency if you're so if you're feeling a lack of confidence and if you're feeling a self-doubt it's important to check into why you're having those emotions But not to be paralyzed by them. Instead, use them as stepping stones to step into an an identity that what you have and what you're thinking is unique because you're thinking it. So think about these three categories of confidence, the issues that affect confidence. How do you see, how do others see you? How do you see other people? And how do you see yourself? And determine for yourself, which of these three are holding you back from increasing confidence and stepping into the identity that you don't have to worry about what other people think. Because while you're worrying about what they think, equally, they're also worried about what you think. And at the end of the day, there's all sorts of comparisons happening. And these, they can never stop. So once you've achieved one accomplishment, then you want to go to the next step then you're comparing yourself to another measuring stick and it, and it can't stop. So confidence, to gain it, to increase confidence is to recognize that it's just a memory, right? If you remember that you've faced a challenge before and you've overcome it through your own efforts and you've done it often enough, then your brain will sensibly realize and anticipate that you'll do it again. So recognize that. Confidence is just stuff that turns thought into actions. And to get confidence, it occurs when you take action. And you take action often enough to trump the and exceed the failures. So I want to give you the encouragement for those of you who are listening and maybe you're thinking to yourself that you have lacked confidence for a while and there that there's something more that you want to be doing in your life and your career. And you're kind of feeling that it's kind of feels like it's insurmountable for you right now. And I just want to give you the encouragement that it's possible. I mean, it all starts with belief. You have to believe that this is something that you can get past. You have to look for evidence in your life where that has been true. And maybe it's deep, dark and and deep into your into your memories but really think hard ask other people who have known you for a long time what their thoughts are of you and sometimes that third person perspective can give you re- give you perspectives of yourself that you didn't that you didn't think of you know because it's so easy to think about the negative things and the failures and those usually are more are louder than they are in our memories than our successes right so if you are able to build an evidence Of proof for yourself a table where you can see evidence of more successes that trump your failures failures then you can start to reprogram yourself your subconscious reprogram your brain to realize that you deserve to have more confidence than you do and that confidence is a memory so if you if you keep remembering and you keep reminding yourself of all the successes and that you've succeeded at things or made them happen, incidents where you took action and you made it happen and you remember those things, then as you remember it, your confidence will increase. You know, for those people that you worry about what they think of you, you know, maybe it's time now to take a couple of minutes to think for yourself what that relationship means to you. If it is a relationship that is important, if it is a relationship that is worthwhile of preservation, then, it's time to have that tough conversation with them of is it that they see you in that way that you perceive? Because maybe it's not true, right? Because a part of that but first category is how others see us. So oftentimes we're so worried about whether other people think of us because we already have an assumption that what they're thinking is negative or what they're thinking is criticisms or judgment of our actions. But it's hard time to have that hard conversation go to them and See for yourself and get collect that evidence Is is it true? Is it that they have those negative perceptions of you? And oftentimes, you might be surprised about what they might tell you. It may be completely the opposite of what you might be thinking. And then you realize that you spent all this time worrying about what they think of you, but they didn't think bad of you at all. You know, it was in fact, it was the complete opposite. So sometimes when how others see us is often jaded by how we see ourselves and it's a mirror how we perceive what what other people think of us is a mirror of what we think of ourselves so that's why it's very important that if we are if we've managed our image of ourselves our self-image then that can really put the image the perception of the way we think other people perceive us and we can put that to rest and put that to peace. So I want to take this moment to really encourage you to build up that confidence, to build up the beliefs, to cultivate the memory of your successes. So I'm signing off now with that final message. And thank you once again for listening to another episode of Career Revisionist. If you like my content, I encourage you to subscribe at iTunes. And for those of you who are not Apple users, go and visit careerrevisionist.com, and you can see that I'm available on other platforms as well. For example, Google Podcasts and Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and TuneIn and Player FM. So choose your favorite platform and follow me there. And I also invite you to leave a review. I read every single one of them and I appreciate your comments as well. Any questions you have, leave them there as well and I would be happy to answer them in my next podcast.